0: Yes, it's the place to be for all things franchising. Hi everyone and welcome. Today's topic is an exciting one and one that's really close to my heart and anybody in franchising, particularly today. Modern franchise recruitment marketing. It's an area that uh, we're all impacted by. You need to be on top of it. It's changing very rapidly and today is a bit of a buzz. I'm delighted after seven years of pursuing our current celebrity guest to, to get him to join me today. So, a quick reminder to have your pen and paper ready, because I guarantee you'll want to take lots of notes and you'll probably want to replay this, this later as well. And for Franchise Simply members, remember that this Franchise Radio Show will be available with our other 81 recordings in our members' vault. So today's guest is Glenn Walford. Glenn I've known for seven years at least. Uh, we actually met at an internet marketing conference in, in 2011. I suppose follow each other closely. It's someone I relate very well to. And lucky to have him here because he's a man who's always on the move. He brings a unique combination of skills and experience together in, in his work in franchising. He's got a solid degree qualified and experience-based grounding in offline, digital marketing. This is before he started his own franchise focused publishing and marketing business back then in 2011. So he had extensive franchise leadership experience with organizations such as Zarafus Coffee, where he was marketing manager. Retail Fruit Group, he was a National Operations Manager, and General Manager at Leonard's Chicken. So you can appreciate the diversity of organizations he worked with, the range of knowledge and people he would have met. In 2011, Glenn saw the franchise recruitment market changing rapidly, saw the opportunity, and jumped into the space with the world's first and only book series on buying, selling, marketing, and maximizing your franchise. And his own startup, he called Franchise Buyer Magazine, and that's in the media and marketing sector. And you may well have seen that. If not, I recommend you Google it and have a look at some of the information there. Very, very helpful. He's also got a newer business, launched recently called Magnetic Franchising. And that works closely with select franchise brands to effectively control and run their entire franchise recruitment marketing. So it's a package, and this is really a first. It's really a new product. There's nothing else like it on the market. In essence, all of Glen's work revolves around two key goals, helping buyers and investors in franchises to identify the one that fits best for them, and number two, helping franchisors expand their networks by attracting a volume of interest and the right talent for franchise recruitment that fits their systems best. So today we're focusing on the latter, Glen's work with franchisors to help them grow their networks. Given that I know Glenn uh, is an opinionated person, we share some robust conversations from time to time. He's not afraid to provide his view, uh, which I think is always healthy. And I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss. Glenn, welcome to our franchise radio show.
1: Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. I love it. I love a long intro.
0: <laughs> well, there we are. Um, what I'll do is get the ball rolling. You know, it depends on when you're listening to this, but here yeah. we are recording this in uh, in May 2018. Oh, it's a good and thing a, you didn't do it seven years ago then. That's exactly right. And currently, very topical is the fact that there's a parliamentary franchise inquiry, which is having an impact on the market. So my first question is, what's your take on the state of franchising right now, Glenn?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ryan, and um, thanks for having me on, on the program. I think um, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate question, you know, what the state of franchising is, and Franchising is, is in my view, it, it's clearly in a in a state of flux or uncertainty at the moment. But it's not critical. I think w- which treasurer was it that said it was? Was it Keating who said it was the the um, recession we had to have? Um, I think it was Keating. So, and and I think in many ways this is this is this applies to franchising right now. Um, it's a throwaway line, yes. But I think franchising has been growing almost unchecked, for, for just too long. You know these. Griffith University surveys that they would um, that they would do for the Franchise Council was just showing this extraordinary number of new franchise systems popping up every single year in the country. And I, it's that, that growth, in my view, was just not sustainable. So every year there was, you know, another 100 systems that had come along or 200 systems. So we ended up with something like, I think right now we talk about 1,100-something rather um, franchise systems in Australia. And I, I think there was just too many. And, and as a result of that, and I've seen it in the... In the franchisors that I've helped, I just know it when I see franchisors that I speak to or systems that we engage with or talk to me at any time at expos and conferences that this isn't going to grow. <laughs> the business they're talking about is just not going to grow because it doesn't offer a value proposition to the, the end user, which is the buyer of the franchise system or the buyer of the franchise business. So I think the state of franchising right now is looking shaky on the surface. Um, but I think it's actually a good thing. We're going to go through a bit of pain right now, and it's not just franchising as a sector, but it's also individuals who have owned franchise businesses who are losing those businesses and losing houses and everything. And that, that's clearly happening. No one can deny that's happening. So that, that is very much a worrying thing from from franchising, but at the same time, that's also small business broadly. That happens every day in small business, not just in franchising. So I think franchising is at, is at a tough moment, but I think it's a correction That franchising really needed to have at this stage um, in its life cycle because my view of it is it's not a franchising issue per se that we're having right now with parliamentary inquiries and stories of people losing houses and so on as a result of it. I think, um, and this will spin off no doubt as it always does when we chat, Brian, that um, I think the issues facing franchising right now are facing every small business operator in Australia and around the world, and I think most of those issues are primarily issues around consumption, and their consumption because everything you and I consume on a daily basis is fundamentally changed from what it was on 10 years ago. We now consume more than pizza delivered to our home. We can get any food delivered to our home. We we buy so much online, we don't even need to leave the house. We we price check online and then we go to a shopping centre and try clothes on and then buy them online. So there are, there are so many things happening with consumption through the economy that is namely affecting the high-profile franchise sector, as it always is. It'll become a great target for people when it's so high-profile that that consumption change is affecting really where, where fran- the heart of franchising is, especially in food franchises. And when you see things like shopping centres with undeniable traffic counts down, spending down, that of course is going to affect franchising business models first and foremost straight away. So yeah, so to, to wrap up <laughs> that, that answer is that what's happening in franchising is it's needed its correction. Um, that was always going to happen. I think franchise will come out stronger. I think franchisors right now have, I think broadly, franchising sector missed a number of shots across the bow. A number of years ago when we had wage scandals, I think that was a sign that things were really becoming under distress and no one really took any serious action in my view. So I think we missed an opportunity there and, and now franchising really has a PR problem. That's what worries me. Franchising is a PR problem and it's in many ways of our own making. Uh, so I think we've got a lot of work to do in franchising and that's the state of franchising right now is that we've got a lot of work to do to, um, to fix the PR issue in franchising.
0: I, I agree with you um, i haven't heard those words expressed before, but I agree with you, and I like your your Paul Keating moment because I think you know it's a cycle just like we see in the building development market like we see at the stock exchange and when that happens is a shakeout, and the rebuild is absolutely giving opportunity so for people that are on the ball and if you're not on the ball in any sort of business, your days are numbered there is an opportunity for the disruption, because franchising—the great thing about franchising, my belief, is it can respond very quickly, innovation yes. and speed. So it's not my interview. Let me carry on and <laughs> ask you your second. Let me tell you, ask you your second question. So, can you tell me about your your philosophy, philosophy three-speed franchise recruitment? Uh, how you see the market now?
1: Yeah, I think I should preface that with um, that. I think. We've always talked in franchising, Where well, everyone you talk to in franchising has this throwaway line that a franchising business exists and only can be successful on selling more locations and growing more franchises. And I used to parrot that out like everyone, and you know I've said it before in books or magazines or whatever. I don't necessarily believe that anymore. And I think to go forward in the, in the modern world, in the modern economy and in modern franchising, which I think is going to be more of a hybrid franchising type model going forward, um, is that Franchising can't just exist and function on selling more locations because that it's almost it's almost a dichotomy of, of franchising. You know, if you, if your sole way you make money is by selling more locations, then it effectively means that the business model that underpins and is supposed to make those locations sell has a weakness inherently in it. I, I think franchisors need to, as much as anything, yes, be trying to grow and selling new locations, but also be looking at, how else can they generate revenue, or how else can they generate income for themselves and for their franchisees at the existing locations they have? How can they leverage what they've got for more income? I don't think this whole thing about franchising is only going to live and die by selling more units. I think that's how we're in tr- how we've got into trouble as we are right now. Um, I think franchisors with this endless desire for growth in probably stretching unit numbers and territory numbers, you know, in a, in a country like Australia with only twenty three, twenty four million. I think a few of them have stretched a bit too far. Just because there's a new shopping centre down the road doesn't mean you have to be in it. I preface that question with regarding to my three-speed franchise recruitment. So, I yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Brian, but um, I think there's, there's some issues there.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been casualties in the past, some of them fatal, as you say, where people have just tried to continually recruit new franchises and not, look, not looked after their existing model. Often that's because yeah. they haven't had the communication plans in place, they haven't allowed adequate ongoing royalty fees to better support the cost of supporting franchisees one of the best examples I've got it's 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 a company that I was involved in founding way back in in the uh, in the early 90s called expense reduction analysts and one of my business partners John Allison took it to the UK they've grown there to 150 franchisees doing their business consulting and they've rounded off and for the last two years they've not sold a single franchise because all they're doing is adding value adding product adding services Training and improving the quality of everybody they've got, Excellent. and that's giving them a fantastic revenue. So, yes. it's getting the business model so that overall growth doesn't mean store growth, as you're saying. So, yep. I think that's, that's a very point. relevant point for people it's to remember.
1: Important. It's crucially important that for people in your network, for example, who are, oh, you know, I've got to sell more franchises, I've got to sell more franchises. My thinking is even to clients that we assist through franchise buyer, which lives and dies by franchisors spending money on advertising, looking for franchisees, consolidate. Go three or four a year, focus in this location, get that right, then move on. This whole we've got to grow really fast to fill the market, that's how everyone's, well, that's how number of people have got in trouble and really the people who left get left carrying the can are the individual mums and dads who own houses and put their money on it. They're the ones who get left carrying the can mostly. So that, that's, that's my thinking on, on that growth. I think and I'll probably steal my thunder here. So I'll jump into where I I see the three-speed franchise recruitment market. So um, there's three speeds identified, and I think it's becoming very clear. The first speed is that some brands will shelve their growth plans going forward um, and instead focus on reinvesting back into their existing network, which is exactly what you were just talking about, Ben, with expense reduction analysis. Their focus is to grow profitability and revenue existing franchisees as an alternative way to grow their income and secure their brand for the future. So it's a consolidation phase and really focus on um, because, if, for example, if they've got a, a, a royalty or a, a, a business model that, um, if they increase sales in their, franch- in their franchises, then focusing on increasing those sales will, of course, drive more income for the franchisor, looking at ways to do that. So that's, that's the first feed. They'll still add franchises when the opportunity presents in a natural course, but not aggressively chase it. Second speed, or the second type of franchisors I see in, in recruitment going forward, are some brands will acknowledge the challenges that are out there right now but continue their focused expansion plans and they're confident that their business model is solid, attractive and stands above any broader market sentiment on franchising like we've spoken about, any negative sentiment. They're also able to articulate and present their value proposition. That's crucially important, that they've got a really good handle on what their business is and how it meets the needs of the business opportunity seeker market and they're able to articulate that back to the marketplace. That's the second type of franchise or the second speed. The third speed is the one you don't want to be on. Um, It's um, it's that other brands, no matter what they do or how much marketing money they throw at expansion of their network with new franchises, they just won't be able to sell enough units. Their offer, when more closely scrutinised in this environment by savvy buyers, just does not stack up as good value or giving a good return for the future. It's not future-proofed. They're the brands that I see in serious trouble and they're the existing franchisees that I see in serious trouble because resell for those existing franchisees in those types of businesses are going to be extremely difficult.
0: Yeah, that, that's a very perceptive view and very succinct, Glenn. So thank you for that. So we've touched a little bit on this, so we'll, we'll be sort of, I suppose, going over a little bit of what we'll be discussing in our general bits of conversation. Yeah. But but it in, keep it in sequence. What do you think it's going to take to grow a franchise moving forward?
1: Um, you know, I think it's figuring out which of those three speeds you're in, and being honest with yourself to start with as a franchisor. Um, franchise, this whole thing. I mentioned a, a line in there about just throwing more money at it, you know. And it was once again, it was to my benefit in previously in, in my business in franchise buyer to just have encouraged franchisors to just keep throwing more email marketing at at our database or more magazines and everything like. It's it's going to be irrelevant how much money some of these brands throw it, recruitment, marketing and spend. If they're not honest with themselves on where they sit in the marketplace, then the, the trouble is, if not there, it's going to be very shortly around the corner. So I think to grow in the current marketplace, franchises are going to have to be very, very honest with themselves and sit down and really scrutinise their business model and have a look and, think, and really think about in the cold light of day how attractive they are to business opportunity seekers. You know, we can't brush over any cracks anymore. You know, as, as, disruptions, as a disruption starts to happen, um, the market conditions become tougher. The cracks that might have been smoothed over when, when everything was running along, the economy was running fine several years ago and everyone was happy, they can be smoothed over when people are making money. But when the fundamentals of the business models are not there and the business model is not future-proofed and there's so many other alternatives out there, then that model itself needs to be disrupted by the franchisor and if it's not disrupted then everyone's in a whole lot of trouble in those businesses so we're talking about generational change literally aren't we it's uh, whether it's the same old head
0: or a new young head it's really lifting the game and reinventing the wheel
1: yeah absolutely and, and i think and it's very easy for me to say you know like you know you need to do this and you need to do that but it's just what i see in the marketplace if you're not if you're not prepared to almost gut your model and figure out, we have to re-engineer this model to make sure it's seriously profitable. If you're not thinking, how is your business opportunity seeker considering my, my, in, my business as an investment, then you're going to be in trouble if you're not already. Okay,
0: yeah. so, so when, when we look at that then, coming over to mm-hmm. your side of the ledger, attracting franchise yep. prospects, how have you seen that change over your time in franchising? So way way beyond the, yeah. the life of franchise buyer, but back in your yeah. your earlier days with Zarafas, uh, which for yeah. those listening is a predominantly Queens Southeast Queensland-based uh, coffee chain, very very successful. Um, yeah, Glenn yeah, I, was I involved. Now. Yeah, Glen was involved in I suppose in its sort of more embryonic earlier days when it was growing. Yeah, so yeah. there've been exciting times. So how uh, has that recruitment changed over that time?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, my Zarafas days was the early 2000s. So I think I was there 2002 to 2004, 2005. So we went from four to 12 or 13 stores at that time. So it was really starting to move. Um, And then my retail food group time after that was, I think I I actually left Brian the the week they they listed on the ASX. So that was (laughs) the week I left that business. For no the time was no particular reason, but it just happened to, to line up with that. But yeah, I think previously in those times it was, you would have seen you, you put an ad in the newspaper you know it was it was really only a couple of channels you 'd go to find people who wanted to buy to buy a business or had an interest in buying a franchise and they were it was very, very easy to know where to go because part of the problem is is not only articulating the message but knowing where to put it and that that was the issue, so it was really quite easy and, and uh, presenting a business opportunity in a newspaper, a quarter page ad or eighth of page or whatever it was people forget, but it was like three grand, even in the Courier Mail up here in Brisbane. Um, It was like three thousand bucks for a for a little spot there in the corner there on a Saturday And then you just wait for the phone to start ringing It was a very very different market and I I think some people have struggled to adapt since that time and that we were still doing that as recent You know that was still happening for us as recent as 2008 2009 uh, When I was at Leonard's looking after that region there Put an ad in the paper and wait for the phone to ring on Saturday mornings and Mondays and you'd be away and You'd have 30 40 people to talk to about buying a franchise and that, that would cost you three or $4,000 and people forget what that would be and when you do that every second weekend or something. So now, as far as what, what it's going to take going franchise forward, it's really more about getting your head around what are going to be the most effective channels for you to reach the people you're trying to reach. First of all, you've got to start by identifying exactly who you're trying to target. Uh, a, lot, a lot of brands that I'm talking to and over the years have really identified it is that they really haven't identified exactly who they're after. So if you're not once again ruthless with yourself as a franchisor and say tell me, I've got to decide who exactly is the best fit for my business and then go after that person. That's in essence is my advice going forward for any franchisor find out exactly who's perfect for you, find out where to find them and then find out what messaging you need to deliver to them to get them to start opening um, to open the lines of communication with them. And that's what's going to take to grow a franchise going forward. I think so. You
0: know, one has to look, I think, as a franchise or a recruitment as an investment, not as a sale, because yes. that is going to be your your footprint in that area, whatever the trade or industry or service might be, and they're the people mm-hmm. that are going to be your investment, your plant equipment, literally, that you need yes. to make sure is the most efficient. So that's an interesting yeah. way of looking at it. So where yeah. do you see um,
1: – Can I just go on one point there? I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sort of check back on that as far as growing your franchise going forward. I don't see it anymore, and this is where this magnetic franchising business has come out of franchise buyer. I always had a passion for helping franchisors a lot deeper as far as their recruitment messaging and marketing goes to the point where from my operational and marketing experience background in franchising, I'd start to get too involved in the messaging for brands in their recruitment because I'd see holes in and say, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And it ended up that I'd just become a really cheap consultant because I was consulting on recruitment marketing while at the same time had the advertising platform to send it out to to find leads for. And so what what really came of it was that I, I think franchising going forward and recruitment of franchisees and the marketing of that going forward is no longer just marketing messaging. It's actually, it's a holistic business approach. And that's why I talk about disruption of your system and being ruthless with your system. You need to look at your system now and your whole business model with the the lens over it as if it's being assessed by a business opportunity seeker because there are that many opportunities out there that people could choose and they will just skim straight over the top of you if the features aren't hitting them or hitting their, their hot buttons. And that's why it's important to find exactly who, who fits your system and who you're looking for and articulate a message to them. But, I've been saying it for years since Brian, you and I had our internet marketing days and everything where we where we first met is that the competitors for franchisors, for prospects for franchisees, are not just other franchise businesses. Mm-hmm. The competitors now even more so are MLM businesses with no money down. Uh, you can now access a marketplace of How many is Facebook? 2.2 billion people globally. You can now, for no money down, start your own MLM business and start accessing all these people and just figuring out how to do it yourself and start your own little business. Yes, you know, not a lot of people might want to do MLM, but there's a lot of people who are more than happy to do multi-level marketing um, and they don't have to buy into it. So there's business opportunities in all different guises that are effectively competitors to franchise businesses. So finding the strengths within a franchise business opportunity is where franchisors need to start, and they need to start by disrupting their system to make sure that, that they've built a system that has inherent strengths in it that are easy to articulate.
0: That, again, is, is perceptive, and I, I, I agree with you without wishing to sound boring, because mm-hmm. I think yeah, that, is, that is the space. It's interesting to see the leaders out there doing often quite dramatic changes in the way they run their business And so, I mean, McDonald's, as we speak, are just launching a brand new design, quite revolutionary. It will cost them a fortune, Mm. but that's what they have to do to stay in the market. And they know they need to do that refreshing every so many years. And you have to keep up there. So you have to make provision. Yeah, the capital expenditure
1: yeah and this this is the challenge and this is why i'm loving what greg nathan is doing at the moment in franchising you know he's he's calling it positive franchising which i don't necessarily love because it means that everything else was negative but i, I see the concept behind it, what he's what he's talking about and it's it's brilliant stuff and i, I think the the challenge with franchising going forward is, is not just articulating the message there but it's building a, a, a model, a business model for franchising for your own franchise as a franchisor, that has a deep enough engagement in relationships with the with franchisees of trust in you that you know where you're going and you know where this business needs to go. It was, it was sort of always the case, and we'd always talk about it, but I thought it was often used as a throwaway line about oh, you know, franchisees and their relationship is the most important because. I never saw a hell of a lot of investment in that in many ways and certainly not walking the talk. So really for franchise, you said franchising is innovative at the start and it's really easy to and it's creative and it can move really fast. In some ways, I'm of the opposite view. I think franchising moves really slow. I think franchisors generally are hugely conservative in my view from what I've seen in the way they approach things and I think it's inherent in the franchise business model and that, the reason for that is because I see the frustration in in mature franchises and veteran franchise executives that they've been beaten down over the years in trying to sell what they believe and they know is a really good change and a really good message that this system needs and getting fought back and beaten back by franchisees who are only focused in their own little territory, which of course they will be. They're only focused in their own little spot and how that impacts on them and that they need to pay $5,000 for that new sign. They need to pay this for that. Why should I do that? What's it going to do for me, even though the system needs it? So franchising actually has an issue, fundamentally issue, that makes it a little bit weaker as far as disrupting the business models go because engagement and getting franchisees on board to allow it to happen to take the system where it needs to go to be future-proofed is a serious challenge, I think, facing franchising into the future.
0: Yeah, there's a case study I might just indulge in sharing um, yep. that uh, about three years ago, Hire a Hubby, long-established um, building services, home handyman-type yep. business the, uh, the, the owners of the business realized that the, the people on the ground were actually doing jobs way beyond what was initially envisaged, not just you know rehanging a door, fixing a kitchen cupboard. And they needed a new marketing plan and so forth. And they invested very heavily in new marketing plans, new model, new logos, everything else. And the franchisees actually resisted it. Yep. But after 12 months, they found their growth was dramatic, double digit. And that is the type of example, I think that's a case study, you may have others as well, I suspect. I mean, yeah. who would you say at the moment was someone out there that you would look at that you say they are doing it right? Do you feel as someone you could share?
1: Um, well, it's challenging, you know, because the hard thing about, I don't know what you and you are, you're probably closer to the brands that you work with than I am. And in the franchise buyer stuff I've done previously, which is the majority of time with brands, is the engagement is quite superficial, is that I don't get to see under the hood. I get a lot of the marketing collateral that this is what we're doing and I I don't get the opportunity to engage. okay, so tell me, are you actually doing that? You know, how is that playing on the ground? How does that play out? What are you doing? We don't go there. So that that was always a little bit boring in some cases for me because I like to get under the hood and figure out, all right, why is it doing what it is? So as far as knowing who's disrupting and who's doing stuff that's so innovative and so creative, no no one just immediately jumps out at me because I I don't feel comfortable to say, yeah, I can 100% back that. These guys are doing that. Because I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the grand... Because really, in many ways, the only person who really matters is what does the franchisee at the grand level <laughs> think, think of what's going on? A, a number of them, not each, an individual one. I suppose one that does come to mind is someone like FIFO Capital, um, which is a, a company we've worked with off and on for a number of years in the microfinance space. They're always looking for new finance products to leverage their network and allow their franchisees to leverage their client base with new and innovative finance products to um, to offer and sell through to their own clients. So that's someone that I, that, I, that I was just speaking to that comes to mind about taking a total new approach and changing the products in the business and repositioning it for future. No one's really talking that type of stuff to me. They're, they're pretty much the main one who's been talking it. The ones who are talking um, of disruption at the moment are mainly talking about disrupting their own approach to the way that they build their relationships with their franchisees, which I think is, equally as important as yeah. product and innovation as far as um, product offer goes
0: yeah actually that makes sense pros uh, I'm, I'm someone who's given the opportunity to see more of the innovation because I'm working with people who are new in the market so these are the yeah. guys the, the national drones and the airworks, these people have come with new ideas new concepts what new ways of delivering products and so on so yeah. uh, they they can they can they can launch themselves in the market far easier than an existing business can change direction in many respects. Okay, it, interesting.
1: One thing I would like to go over is, um, is I came up with a bit of a list of the ways that I think prospects can um, identify a franchise that's going places as far as future-proofing or on-trend or someone that you want to be involved in. So um, I did it in our recent cover story for our magazine. Um, So I wouldn't mind sharing those if you like. So it's, it's my advice essentially to prospects on how they can find one. So number one is be a franchisor who's not afraid to disrupt their model with a clear view to sustainability and profitability. Some of these things can be uncomfortable for business owners, but this is what I think you should be striving for or wanting in a franchisor. Number two, a franchisor who is actually adding value and can articulate and show this value. As we talk about, oh, we do field support, oh, we do marketing, well, okay, that's fine. Show me the value and show me how you're adding the value, exactly how. We're going to have to get a lot better at that. These throwaway lines of, oh, we do this and we do this support and we coach, well, tell us how that happens. Three, a franchisor with a plan and a method to explain their approach, whether that be ter- especially territory planning, location planning. I think transparency as a franchisor is going to be absolutely critical going forward. It always was, but we were able to brush over it transparency, don't be afraid to tell them what you're thinking, 100%. Number four, a franchisor who has a clear understanding of where they fit in their market for the consumer and against their competing brands. Super important. I mean, consumers, obviously, because that's the that's the end product that the franchisees are, are trying to make an income off at the ground level. But also, as equally important, is the competing brands in the marketplace, because if you don't understand competing brands in the marketplace that you're selling against as a franchisor then they start to put territories or locations and stores right beside your existing franchisees and are positioned well and truly above you so that can um, make it difficult for your franchisees Um, and number five a franchisor who demonstrates strong fair and decisive leadership that's a really really hard thing to do at times but my way way back it feels like another life I was um I'm ex-army and we talk about decisive leadership and making decisions that are unpopular, but you have the vision and the reason and all that sort of stuff behind it. I think mature brands at times, I think, can sometimes get a bit beaten down over the years of, of, of working within the system. And we've talked about disruption, Brian. It's, um, that's where the, the decisive leadership must come into play. Have that vision, be very clear in the methodology and the approach, and you're just going to have to back yourself and drive it through
0: look it 's not as if this is a new phenomenon we 're seeing it particularly with online, but it happened with the printing press in the 15th century you know, things, things don 't change so uh, all right, th- thank you for that that 's something that our listeners as franchisors or prospective franchisors need to better respond honestly, they give themselves a ten out of ten on each of those five points so that 's something to uh, to listen to again and transcribe to everybody i think so you perhaps touched a bit on it already, so maybe this question's been addressed, but where do you see franchisors getting it wrong primarily?
1: I think they're they're getting it wrong from a recruitment perspective. It's the articulation of their message to the market. The majority of the time that we do work with brands, no matter what the size of the brand, it could be the biggest with six, seven, eight hundred stores, or we do it with the actual startup, is the articulation. um, Everyone... tries to generally or they get caught around a consumer-related marketing message to a business opportunity investor. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. The amount of times that I would get burger or pizza or coffee brands who have hundreds of locations across Australia send me um, to do our EDM to our 30,000 database of prospects um, material and really have it focused on the product, the end product, the end product is entirely irrelevant. Of a business of that size, people know the brand. They're aware of what the brand is. What people are after if they're going to respond and to get quality applicants is it's articulating what the opportunity seeker or the investor, what's important to them about that business. Not yeah. that it does pizza or grape coffee. That's a part of it. That's the, they're the foundational supporting things. But it's really trying to drill down and find those three, four, five things that really can be very quickly articulated. And that is, that's been an age-old age problem I've found in the entire time I've been running Franchise Buyer for yeah. seven years. It's, it's, it's lazy advertising, you know. Use what sells cups of coffee, fun. but it's not going to attract investors. On that as well, the ones that I've found most challenging to work with are advertising agencies. And I'm telling you, whoever's listening to have absolutely zero idea of franchise business opportunity recruitment marketing. Some of the biggest advertising agencies in the world with networks here in Australia and based in Singapore and whatever that I'd have to deal with, at times I just wouldn't want to renew them because they were so difficult to work with on the basis of sending stuff to us and expecting a result to send out to a database of business opportunity seekers that has from a copywriting perspective to the, for business opportunity seekers was so far off the mark, I cannot tell you. And I, and I think about, wow, what retainer are these guys paid to produce results here? That's been probably the most astounding thing that I've been exposed to in time in doing what I do is how much money must be wasted and opportunity lost from brands who are outsourcing their franchise recruitment marketing to advertising agencies who have zero idea what they're doing about franchise recruitment.
0: Uh, thanks, thanks Glenn. Now, I think in our conversation, again, we've probably, I had some questions lined up here and I think we've probably addressed this one, but you may want to add a little bit to it. Was How can franchisors improve their franchise recruitment performance and attract more quality prospects?
1: Sure. No, it's, it's probably good to go back over it though. I think that the number one thing is number one understanding exactly who they want, which is who fits their business best. So really, really, and this is what we're starting to do in Magnetic Franchise and the other part of the business is working with franchisors and doing workshops with them and saying, let's bounce it around, let's figure out, tell me about your best franchisees, who are they, why are they great, how did you find them, where did they come from, I'm really, really digging deep on this. Um, And really it's it's ideal as a third party to do that because there is a lot of vested interests within business and people don't even know when they're being biased, often when they're being within a business. Mm. Um, So really understanding that. Is, um, is absolutely crucial because if you don't really understand that, how, how do you produce a marketing plan with a marketing budget and a strategy to go after? it? I see franchisors really without a recruitment strategy. That, that's probably the biggest thing is, is there is always a recruitment budget but there's not necessarily a recruitment strategy to go with it. And a strategy is not, oh, we're going to do some advertising in franchising magazine, franchise buyer on Seek Business. That's not a strategy. They're they're distribution channels. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're, they're portals and lead generation things where there's prospects. But the strategy is who are you after, what message are you going to send to them, in what format, video, podcast, content, written, imagery. There's all these things that need to come together and be in sync. And then you have to add in all the other things like, social and digital and so on so there's all of this sort of stuff that comes together together and we're finding with many brands we're talking to in depth um, in our workshops is that um there simply is a re- isn't a franchise recruitment strategy in place
0: it makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense um, so you're you're a disruptor in yep. in the space you know you've launched new magazines you've gone forward now with magnetic franchising which is a, an amazing concept i think so what are you doing can you describe for the listeners what you're doing that is different in your approach? You know, what, what's outside the norm, outside the box?
1: Sure, sure. And I've seen from the, um, I think Joe Matthews in the US, I love reading his stuff. Um, I love watching what's going on in the US as well. And I know I've know i been reading his stuff for many years about, uh, about the portals and classifieds really dipping in performance in the US from a lead generation perspective. And it, it totally makes sense. We were seeing it open rates dropping for prospects from email marketing and so on. It, it all still works, but it's all part of a marketing mix. So what 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 I'm seeing what I'm seeing happening and what we've done with franchise buyer is we've really started to shift franchise buyer to focusing you know Walk, you know So sort of walking the talk as well. So we've focused in on exactly where we fit in the market and um, exactly the type of person we're, we're trying to work with and we're trying to chase. So we've shifted franchise buyer to a paper lead model, which is uncommon for our type of platform at this stage. But I think where it needs to go, because if you think about it, from a franchise recruitment disruption perspective, the biggest disruption in franchise recruitment really has been Google and Facebook and LinkedIn. I've identified that the competitors to the marketing spend with franchisors for my businesses, for both magnetic and also franchise buyer, are really SEO firms, Google, um, with, their pay, with um, pay-per-click through AdWords, and Facebook and LinkedIn, they're the ones taking the marketing budget, looking for franchise recruitment prospects, but the challenge with throwing marketing budget at that doesn't mean it's going to actually perform any better because the biggest problem then franchisors have then is content, is articulating content and that all comes back to, do you have the, are you targeting the right person? So it all revolves around in a big circle so the, the disruption that that i'm sort of i um, doing in my business at the moment is in moving it to paper lead is uh, rather than doing full packages of like you know you send an email blast out this is how much it costs you or you you send something to our database and it costs you x i'm more interested in you send something to the database and you get results and success it costs you this much per result um that that's the model that we're doing and i think the franchise portals and the traditional franchise arms will get to that over time, um, but I think it'll still take a few more years. so basically I, you know Brian, I always like to lead the way, even even to my own detriment at times, but I think that's where it needs to go. Um, you have to do that's it. what we're doing.
0: Yeah, look, you've got to be brave. You've got to accept change. You've got to find it exciting. You've got to you know you're up against a brick wall occasionally, but if you don't yeah. scale that wall, yeah, you're uh, you're not going to get there. And that's one of the challenges and one of the pleasures of being in business. And if you, and life really, we won't go yeah. into philosophy too much, but
1: <laughs> that was pretty boring. I think um the I mean what it does to my business, to my franchise buyer business, is it, the modelling really it drops revenue by fifty percent <laughs> in year one, which is which is always scary, but it's, it's about future-proofing and it's about where the market goes because it doesn't matter what what I want or what model I want to present people. It matters what what the market wants or is prepared to pay for. And I'm always thinking of the prospect rather than the franchisor and we're trying to engage more with the prospect as opposed to the franchisor because if we're engaging more with prospects, that means we're finding the right people and we're matching the right people to the right opportunities, which is where I also think the market's going to be at. Um, which is is matching people to businesses and being more of the independent advisor, helping people find the business that matches them best because that will help franchisors, that will help prospects and that will help franchisees be more profitable when they get into the business. Um, And that's good for franchising and business overall.
0: Absolutely, Look, at, and this is where leadership keeps coming in all the time. If you're going to be a successful franchisor, you've got to lead and you've got to, you've got to maintain that positivity because your franchisees go through times of ups and downs. You can't control people's appetites and you can't control elements of how many cars are on the road. So you've got to maintain that positivity, and that's really hard. So I mean, that's why every franchisor needs a good team around them, a team of experts across the field. And often third party, not related directly to the company, no vested interest, but there to, to actually help innovate, help support, encourage and motivate. So
1: and, and you're right, and that's and that's what we're doing. I mean, we've the disruption we're doing to our, our franchise buyer arm of our business, which is primarily lead generation, digital magazine and one single print magazine a year now, is that we've really figured out that's the role it plays in the market. It's connecting buyers to sellers effectively. Sellers of franchisors are looking for buyers. So if we do that really well and engage with those prospects or buyers really well, give them great information and help them be successful in their business, then it's a good match for all. And coming off that is, um, is the magnetic franchising arm, which is where we start to work very, very closely at a much higher level with franchise brands and effectively become... As a dedicated franchise recruitment specialist marketing team with all the experience we have effectively with board level input but also we do all the implementation of all the strategies all the content all the video all the lead generation to the point where you wouldn't believe it Brian I'm now talking to all my what would have been I now call ex-competitors to franchise buyer in the the marketplace and I buy advertising from them for our clients through magnetic so I, I think that's That's the disruption that's there it's about seeing the whole marketplace in its entirety in a holistic perspective knowing that franchisors just need results performance and making that as cost effective and as high returning as possible with a really good return on investment which is what we're all about but positioning them well for the future and allowing them to be focusing on their core competencies which is their system as opposed to trying to figure out how the hell to make the most out of a pay-per-click strategy which is not You know, not all these franchisees have got the resources to have a social person, to have a a designer, to have a person in email marketing. To have it's just not possible. So we're trying to get a really broad thing with all our skills and bring it to the fore through those two models of franchise buyer and magnetic franchising to help franchisees grow and prospects find the business that fits them best.
0: It's exciting, Glenn, and that's why I'm talking to you because I think that definitely you've unearthed the way to the future that flow. So you generously agreed to my uh, my my request that you would make an offer to the listeners. Yeah. Perhaps could you just um, iterate that to us now?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, a very, it's a very straightforward one. We've, um, because this is obviously, um, it could be listened to at any time into the future because I know what this is 81 or 82 in your series. Mm. Um, so there's some life there. So really the best thing to do is from an offer perspective is we'll also always have um, free information and eBooks and materials and everything on both of our websites that they can go to um, franchisebuyer.com.au Um, or magneticfranchising.com.au at any time and download um, the assets we have on there, which are really just designed to inform and assist. Um, If you want more information, you can go from there. So, you know, there's no special sell offers or anything like that. We just like giving away information. And um, if you like the information and you you enjoyed listening, then no doubt we'll, um, we'll open up a line of communication at some stage.
0: Excellent, Glenn. Thank you. It's been delightful talking to you. I always enjoy your energy, and uh, there's always a few curled balls coming, which is fantastic. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do, and that's why we enjoy what we do. So, um, we're all indebted to you for giving us so much time today. I know with your launch of your new products and so on, you're incredibly busy. So, I appreciate that. And I'm sure everybody will join with me saying it's been a privilege having the opportunity to get to know you, Glenn Walford, a little bit more hearing your words of wisdom, and we'll leave it from there. I will leave the information with the radio show. And if anybody does want to get in touch or overlooks the uh, the addresses, you can always contact me, at brian at au. Give me a call. You've got my number, and we'll go from there. So um, basically, in, in closing, thanks again, Glenn. This is Brian Keane from Franchise Simply signing off. Glenn, I'd like you to thanks, just brian. say goodbye. and Thank Thank uh, look. Fine, brian. That's a pleasure. And looking forward to being with you when we interview our next Franchise Radio Show guest.